Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I'm not mad at the heat. I'm just disappointed. Still in the Panowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Oh boy! That was about as brutal, about as listless, about as lazy. About as uninspiring as you're going to see the Miami Heat play. But today's a new day. The sun is up. You move on. Game five tomorrow. At the end of it all, at the end of it all, Stone, it is 2-2. You did your job on the road. You split. I did say yesterday, no matter what, even if the Heat lose by 125 points, you still took that one on the road. I didn't think they would actually try to lose by 125 points, and it was definitely looking like it in the first quarter. The Heat, though, did their job. That said, man, is that disappointing on a number of levels, what we saw or didn't see from the Heat last night, because I didn't even recognize that team. There was not a single loss like that that I could recall at all. This season, one loss like that in a series, you excuse it. Another loss like that, and I do think that there is some uh, some blame to pass around and some fingers to point. Ken Levick alive on a Tesday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And in John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, it's a duo today, a tandem. Myself and Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, who runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock, right off of the very warm and very uncomfortable, but sparkly, Intracoastal. Uh, I, I truly don't know where to initially dig in because Stone, this was an 18 to 1 game last night. It was 18 to 1. As Evan just mentioned, his front end of two shows today, 11:55 and 5:55 here on ESPN 106.3. The Heat did not have their first field goal until 3:22 left in the first quarter. A Victor Oladipo three. The bright side, that made the Heat 50% from three, one of two, <laughs> and that was the final positive. Of the entire night for the Heat. 11 first quarter points. Down by over 30 at one point. And it was truly a night to forget. I am cognizant of the fact that they took the game in game three. That was awesome. Outstanding effort. Inspiring with no Jimmy in the second half. Bam. Stepped up. But I didn't think that this Heat team would ever settle for being satisfied after picking up one road win. I thought if the Heat did lose last night, it was going to be something where maybe the Celtics just got hot behind the home crowd in the final four minutes, banged in a couple of threes, Heat lose by eight or nine, and you say, you know what? You tried for it. Celtics were desperate. They got the win. The Heat didn't show up last night. I mean, they they flat out did not show up. Nobody showed up last night. Early in the game, when Boston started to extend that lead, I was like, hey, if they can get it to like a 15-20 game or like an 18-25 game, like the Heat will eventually make their run. You're driving me crazy with the scores. 25-18. Like, 25-18. Like, the Heat will eventually make their run, yeah. and Jay just never did. But you're looking for a place to start. It's got to be the five starters combining for 18 points. <sighs> the five starters. Combining for 18 points. Yeah. I think P.J. and Struess had zero. Right. 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 I mean, Max Struess just might as well not even been on the floor <laughs> last night. Might as well might not even been on the floor. And yesterday we were saying, you know, where would we be without Max Struess? <laughs> and we kind of saw. Yeah. But well, that was just a game. It was... It, it, it was... It, <sighs> I, I, again, I'm not scared 
These things happen. It sucks it's happened twice in three games. It sucked that it happened on your home floor. This is excusable if you you show up in game two on your home floor. But now this has happened twice in three games. But again, I'm not scared. It's 2-2. The Heat, at the end of the day, and this is one I want people to remember, no matter what happened last night, no matter how many times Chris Carlin and Chris Canny want to talk about quarters and keep trying to make the case that quarters matter, even though they don't, and it's nothing that anybody in basketball ever judges as to why a team is better than another team. Quarters don't matter. Again, I'll repeat it. Quarters don't matter. Again, I'm going to say it one more time for emphasis so it really drives home because you had Chris Carlin and Chris Canty contaminating your minds in the 30 minutes leading up to our show starting. Quarters and whether or not you win them or lose them don't matter. I think the point is across now. What does matter is whether you're engaged and can take advantage of an opportunity. And the Heat didn't even arrive to try to take advantage of an opportunity last night. Marcus Smart didn't play, Stone. This was a night where you could have picked off the Celtics at the perimeter. Even with a banged-up Jimmy Butler. Even with no Tyler Hero. And Kyle Lowry, no show. And Max Struess, no show. And that equaled not only a loss, but a loss where it was over after eight minutes. After eight minutes, not even the first quarter. It was over after eight minutes. You know when I knew this game was over? When Derek White started the game on a 7-0 run by himself. Yes. That was bad news. Marcus Smart's backup. A 7-0 run to start the game. It was 7-0. Derek White led the heat after... Two minutes and 45 seconds. That's when I knew there was major trouble. P.J. Tucker missing that one-handed runner twice in the opening four minutes. Bricks both times. Jimmy missing point-blank layups. Kyle Lowry coming up woefully short on jumpers. The Heat completely off the mark from three. P.J. didn't want to take the three. It was a scared performance that turned into a we-never-showed-up-to-play type of performance. I knew it was over. The score was 14-0, and Bam gets fouled on a shot attempt, and he bricks that first free throw. Mm-hmm. And when, when he missed the free throw. <laughs> yeah. Like, are we ever going to score? Was, Is he ever going to score? It was kind of like, we all know where this is going. Yeah, I had the exact, yes. When I'm like, hey, at least the Heat are going to score a point, and Bam misses the first free exactly. throw. And I got to say, the relief when he made the second, Right. I legitimately, I audibly exhaled. My wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, <gasps> I actually have to disagree because seeing the one, like the singular one It made one you feel point, worse? It made me feel worse. <laughs> like, Because then it got to 16 man. to one. And I was like, one, I don't think I've ever seen that score before. Yeah. And then it just continued to avalanche from there. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot. And again, I'm not mad at the Heat. I'm not mad. It's easy. After an emotional win, like that's an easy fade spot. And, and when I woke up yesterday morning and, and checked the lines, like Boston was the biggest favorite they've been in the series so far. Yeah. And, like that made sense to me. Like after a win and doing what they did in game three, easy fade spot. We did talk about it yesterday too. But I think that I'm going to play then what everybody in Bristol and New York on the ESPN radio national platform wants to do. And I'm going to say that the Heat completely fumbled this away as much as the Celtics came out and won it. The Celtics, were they urgent? Sure. Did they have that look of desperation? Did they play? Forget the look of desperation. That's not a tangible thing. Did they play like there was a desperation? Not necessarily. The Heat were missing defensive assignments. The Heat were leaving shooters wide open. The Heat were Jalen Browning the basketball, just kicking it into the Celtics' hands. So this was as much the Heat being sloppy, being listless, being unprepared, as it was the Celtics coming out and taking it to the Heat. A combination of both turned it into the Celtics taking that ass. They did. I'll admit it. They kicked the Heat all over the floor. But fine, I'll play this game. I'll play this game too, Bristol in New York. I'll play this game as well. The Heat gave it away, and made it lopsided in that first quarter as much as the Celtics clamped down on the Heat. It was poor. Yeah, it was not like Boston was knocking down shots early. No! Like they needed one or there two were possessions. There plenty of opportunities to, yeah. to go on like a 7-8-0 a run before things got out of hand, and it never happened. Yeah, late in the second quarter, I remember hearing that they were shooting 33% from the field. Like, that is nothing crazy. Like, it, like no. I said, it took them one or two possessions to get themselves a no. bucket. The Celtics had their worst shooting performance of... This series yeah. last night. 
You're totally right. It's not like it was a a blow the doors off the game in the first six minutes. The Heat never stood a chance. Uh, the, the Celtics got out of the gate sort of with a little bit of a stride. The Heat got out of the great got out of the gate and immediately vomited on themselves and face planted. Like, yeah, that's what happened last night. I thought the Boston crowd was was more lively than their team. Like every yeah. bucket they got on a normal layup, they were on their feet. They were screaming. And like you, you said, the look of desperation. I didn't see it either. No, there wasn't desperation. There wasn't desperation. But what the Celtics did is they limited the mistakes. They took advantage of the Heat defensive mistakes. And I, I think that it is worth discussing though what you're most disappointed about. Because again, I'm not mad. Again, I'm not mad. I've been watching NBA basketball for a very, 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 very long time. A lot happens in a seven-game series. Blowouts happen. You move on. Clean slate. Two nights later. This is the norm. Okay? It hurts. It sucks. But it's the norm. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. I've said it back in the Philadelphia series, Stone, and you mentioned it yesterday. I have been very consistent in, you know what? Don't get scared. Just push forward. Just push forward. The Heat did the job. But a loss like that, ridiculousness like that, uh, a complete no-show like that, I think it's fair to at least be disappointed. I think it's fair to break out the D word. I'm, I'm very disappointed because I didn't expect it. I, I kind of saw a Heat loss coming, but like that, no. Not this team, not this group, not these guys, not the, the effort that they typically put in, not the cohesiveness, not that coach. That's why I'm disappointed because it blindsided me how little they were able to do in a prime opportunity to lock this down where tomorrow night you and I are sitting there watching it and Friday we could have come in here and said series over, we'll see you in the finals. But instead, the Heat did not arrive at TD Garden last night and that's why I'm disappointed. Yeah, completely. And you're talking about an opportunity when I saw, and it wasn't long before tip that Marcus Smart got ruled out. This was a big opportunity. This, yes. Like, like, you like, wasted it like, by not even trying to grab it. You're not deaf. You hear the noise. You realize you're underdogs. Like, these headlines are still flowing today. Can the Heat win another game? Like, that was your chance and to get to a closeout opportunity without Marcus Smart. This is the thing, is a loss like that brings back the idiot talk that we suffered after game completely, two. Completely, completely. Because the Heat, the Heat, and I believe it when they talked about after the game, hey, I'm not worried. Uh, we've shown we can do it. And they're right. They're right. But what's annoying about this is that a loss like that, where you score 11 points in the first quarter, you're down by over 30, it's an 18-1 to start for the Celtics. The annoying part is that it brings back this idiot quarters conversation. It brings back this idiot Celtics are so much better of a team. Chris Canty just got done uh, right before we came on talking about how the Celtics have the advantage in depth, which is unequivocally untrue. I mean, it's just not. Anybody who watches basketball to watch these two teams know that the Heat have the better depth. That's an absolute fact. And But, but it, it brings up dumb talk and dumb assumptions and dumb knee-jerk reactions because when you get blown out by 20, but it wasn't a 20-point game. This was more like a 30-point Celtics crushing of the Heat. When these type of losses happen then you're going to be on the receiving end of that, especially with a team that people didn't believe in already because of long offensive droughts, much like you saw last night. So for you and me who are trying to fight this battle, and we've been fighting this battle for the entire postseason, you're uninformed, you're ill-advised, you actually clearly didn't watch this team in the regular season, you haven't heard of Max Struess before last week, you didn't know about Gabe Vincent until six days ago. These battles that we're fighting... It makes it more difficult when the Heat go full-fledged milk carton on us like they did last night. Just missing last night. And that's what's frustrating for me. That's why I'm disappointing because the Heat aren't that. What the Heat are are the first half in Game 3. Right. But now, two games out of three, the Heat have been that what we saw last night, and it makes it infinitely more difficult to sit here and fight off the idiots who didn't watch and I'm using idiots in a sports sense, not in a personal sense, but the idiots who didn't watch the Heat until this series started. 
Which is a few of them. In game three pregame, it was Spalestra, right? They didn't know how to pronounce like a few of our people's names. And like that showed us what we were all waiting for. And part of the idiot talk you're talking about that I'm afraid of and that I think is hard to defend is with an 18-1 and what we did in the first quarter, simply they can't score. Like we yeah. don't have the offensive prowess that's, to even hang around. Like that's what it's well, hard to defend because it does come up. There's nobody but Jimmy that can get you buckets that can go on a 7 or run by themselves and do those things. So that's for me what's hardest to defend. If the Heat don't win the championship or if they don't win this series, that's the fatal flaw. 1000%. Now, where Chris Carlin is right and we have a a a, a one-sided blood feud um, with him now when it comes to the Heat. But where he's right is that the Heat are constantly having to compensate for who other than Jimmy? Who other than Jimmy? Who other than Jimmy? It was Bam in Game 3. He was stellar. He was magnificent. But this leads me to my biggest disappointment last night because I swore that that guy saw the light, that Bam saw what it was going to take to attack the rim, to get to the line, as soon as I heard that Robert Williams was coming back last night after missing game three, I thought, uh-oh, is Bam going to have that aggressive mindset blown up by a good, beefy defender coming back on the interior? And the answer to that, as I feared, was yes. Bam cannot give you more than one good game in a series. It's becoming his M.O. Since the bubble... He can't give you one good, more than one good game in a series. He had one good game against Atlanta. He had one good game against Philadelphia. And he has had one good game in this series. But he clearly can't put it back-to-back. He should be dominating Robert Williams. Oh, Robert oh, yeah. Williams is not as quick as him. Robert Williams shouldn't be as physical as him. But Bam still has this mindset of falling away from the rim, of uh, settling for a mid-range jumper, whereas he was killing the Celtics in the pick-and-roll in Game 3, diving to the rim, making plays at the rim, getting to the line, picking his spots. And it didn't happen last night. And that's why I'm most disappointed last night is because, bam, and I didn't want to put doubt in my mind, but especially after I saw who was coming back for the Celtics, I had a bad feeling we were going to go back to listless bam. And sure enough, non-aggressive bam came back. And I don't know if we're going to get aggressive bam again this series because he's good for one game of series, and then it feels like he's just sort of there. It almost seems like he's scared to embarrass himself. Like, if he's not the sole alpha around the rim, he's not going to be a well, I don't think like he, he loves, doesn't. But I don't, think, I don't think it's that. I think he doesn't love contact. I don't think he loves contact. Right. So, it, yeah, if there is another alpha around him, like, he doesn't want to go for a bad stat line. He doesn't want to get blocked back to back. Like, he can't handle it. Does, it just seems like he can't handle it mentally. And, and somebody there, his yes. size and, and who's able to be as assertive and aggressive as he is, for that to be the problem, I know I mean, that's not good. I know. I I just I don't get why we can't get aggressive, Bam. Like if all it, the time. Like if it's Robert Williams now, imagine if it was Giannis. He would be obsolete. He wouldn't even be there. Scary thought, but no, you're right. Two. You're right. You're right. So here's what I want to ask. Keeping in mind that the Heat are just fine. I know it seems crazy, but Stone would agree with me. The Heat are fine. We're back at home. They did the job 2-2. You got two of the next three at home if it has to go to a game seven. You live with that. If back in November you told me, hey, the Heat are are even with the Celtics 2-2, going to Miami for game five in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'd say that makes me feel tingly in my nether regions. Okay? It just so happens, though, my nether regions are unstimulated today because the Heat got absolutely destroyed. Okay? But this is still a good spot in the series. You got to play long game here. You got to play long game here. It's a three game series. You got two at home. But last night was really difficult to watch because the Heat had a chance, an opportunity to put locks on this thing, and they didn't even get off the bus. What was the most disappointing part of last night's loss for the Heat? Giving full credit to the Celtics. I'm giving full credit to the Celtics. I'm not trying to diminish them, okay? But what was the most disappointing part of last night's loss? Because for me, it was Bam no-showing after I thought he finally had broken through with the aggression he showed, the dominance he showed in Game 3. 
What was the most disappointing part of last night's heat blowout loss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. What was the most disappointing part of last night's loss? And the the BAM thing is just an endless puzzle that I don't, I just don't know if they're ever going to figure it out. And it's on BAM. It's not on Spo. It's not on Riley. It's not on PJ. It's not on Jimmy. Like, this is BAM. Why can't we get back-to-back nights of regular season BAM in the postseason? It's it's the turnovers, it's the getting ripped, not looking confident, Peyton Pritchard punching the ball away from him in the paint. Just no confidence. How can you not have confidence after what you did in game three? I just, I don't, I, I, I don't want to bag all over this team because, again, they're better than this. But good God, man, could you, could you, face plant any harder right away if the game got away from him in the second half I'd feel a lot better than I do today because that first quarter was as unwatchable <laughs> as anything I think I've ever seen in the NBA I do think that, and this is somewhat off topic but I do think there's a discussion to be had for the winning margin of these games because it's mind-blowing to me like like each team depending on context yes the, the winning margin does matter more than uh, or matter more than quarters won way more than quarters but these teams are just winning after a loss by more than like 18 points yeah. like there is it, it's hard as a fan to watch now it's a bit skewed it's a bit skewed because the heat obviously have that massive third quarter get up big get up 20 in game 1 the celtics put up a little bit of a fight jalen brown got hot but the heat were never in serious trouble there it was still a pretty sizable you know blowout win it was a double digit win for the heat fine game 2 that one is the one that's the most confounding because that was the one where everybody was still healthy and you had a chance to go two games to none going to Boston, and the Celtics just came out and thrashed you, and the Heat never made a run. Could never make a run in that game. Then there's game three, where the Heat get out to that massive lead, 26 points in the first half, but a confluence of events. The the 10-0 run that the Celtics made right at the end of the first half going into the locker room, yes. if that doesn't happen, then the Heat are, are fine, and they probably win by 30. But it was that coupled with Jimmy not coming out for the second half, and anybody with a brain knew what was going to happen because the Celtics saw an opening. There was a path there. So I'm not going to sit there and fret about margin of victory where it should have been probably a 30-point win for the Heat after that first half when there was a lot that went into that, right? But then last night, the Heat just not showing up, that's, that's, that's and to me, it's at least a little bit more palatable than game two because Jimmy clearly wasn't feeling great even though he wants to say, it was no big deal, I'm straight. He clearly wasn't moving well. You don't have Tyler Hero, even though he's been sort of an on-court waste at times this series. My issue is less with the final score, and I think it does tell the story, but my issue is less with the final score, and my issue is more with how the hell that game started. Because the Heat actually, here we go, let's do the ESPN thing. Let's do the athletic thing. Let's do the the Celtics. We want to see him in the finals thing. The Heat pretty much played the Celtics even after the first quarter. So in the final three quarters, the Heat were within a possession. Is that how this works? Is this how we do this? That's Where a good call. we cherry pick parts of the game in order to make a point about how good a team is? Because after the first quarter, the Heat were pretty much even with the Celtics. The Heat last night, we're one, two, and one in quarters. Stupid stuff. I mean, it's just stupid stuff. I, I can't believe some of the discourse around this series. The fact of the matter is, it's 2 2. Heat did their job. Heat are in a just fine position right now. But it's okay to be disappointed after last night because that was lazy. There was no heat culture there. That was our heads are back in South Florida. And that's not good enough. That's not by the standards of this team. It's not good enough. If that's the problem. They've 
never shown this side of themselves the entire season, let alone the postseason. Right. Right. Like they're the ones who would have seized this opportunity. This is the first time this postseason where I can honestly say I'm disappointed in that. <laughs> like, it, it, honestly, uh, the, the road losses at Philadelphia, like they battled, they showed up. Sure. There was a lot of emotional energy for the Sixers with Embiid coming back. But this, this, this just wasn't acceptable. It wasn't acceptable. It, it can be both. You can say the Heat are fine, which they are, but you can also say, I didn't like what I saw. Like That wasn't acceptable. What was the most disappointing part of last night's loss? For me, Bam just disappearing again. Same old uh, no-show playoff Bam after he was a killer in Game 3. What was the most disappointing part of last night's blowout loss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Let's get things rolling in Boynton Beach with Ernesto. Ernesto's on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Ernesto. Hi, Chen. How are we doing today? Thank you for taking my call, Chen. You got it, buddy. Um, it's, it's in, uh, listen, I... I I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put salt on the wound. I mean, it's not. It's that was self-inflicting. Um, oh, yeah. That first quarter was disgusting. It was. I, there was no fight in them. I, you know, Victor Oladipo was the only bright spot that I saw in the yeah. entire game, and you know, it's it was a waste because you guys weren't in it to begin with, and, no. and you had the chance. Marcus Smart wasn't even playing. Right. And that's and 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 this brings a big part of what I was saying. Without Butler. You guys really don't have nobody else. And it, it would be Bam. And you said it. It should have been Bam. But Bam is not consistent, man. He's not consistent. And heroes are no show. And ain't nobody else is coming up. And, uh, dude, zero from Tucker. Zero from. Oh, yeah. Yo, zero from your man. From, from, from Mr. Mr. Non-Draft Pick. What happened to him? I know. He became a no show. This is disgusting what happened. You know what? It's not your fault, you, you guys as fans are building up and going against the hierarchy of the ESPN uh, uptakes up there. But, you know, it's not your fault. You, you mean, they should have came to play. They didn't get off the bus, like you said. What happened? Fuck the, you know, you know what? The heck with the bus. They didn't get off the plane. They didn't leave Miami. I think they're still here. Yeah. I think I just saw Bam right now. I just saw him. He's looking for his game. Where is it? <laughs> Appreciate the color, Nesto. It's just, it, listen, I... I want to continue to to fight this narrative that the Heat aren't great. I think they're a great team when they're full strength, when they're at full capacity. But when they're not, the mark of a great team is them overcoming it. And they've been able to. I mean, Game 3, again, was downright inspiring. But that, last night, it's almost as if they were so drained after Game 3 that they're just like, you know what? Tonight's a wash. I mean, that's how it goes. That's, that's how it felt. I don't, I'm sure that's not how it was, but that's how it felt to me. And that makes it more difficult for you and I, though, to keep banging the drum and fighting off the detractors when a performance like that is put out there. I do have a question, and this is and this is basing off of game three. Do you think like there's a possibility Bam's afraid to disappoint Jimmy? Like, like he wants uh. Jimmy to drive the boat and, and be his sideman? Like when Jimmy was off the court, Bam was like, all right, I got it. I, and, and was asserting himself. But now Jimmy's out there. It's, it's kind of like when, when guys play with LeBron, who are usually sharpshooters, sometimes like you're so really you tight. There's a tendency to just defer when Jimmy's yeah, on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, and I, I don't mean to – I'm no, not trying no. to disrespect you on this or, or like completely shoot this down and be like, oh, Stone, it was stupid. I think you're, Bam's young. I just think you're overthinking it a little bit. I think that this is more Bam's disposition. He's so confounding and confusing sometimes. And, man, I am burying Bam, and I feel badly for it because he deserves more after what he did in Game 3. He saved the season. He saved the Heat season in Game 3. But he's, this is an all-star. This is a guy who we all say should be Defensive Player of the Year. In the biggest moments, you've got you've to do it, and you've got to do it more than once. You got to do it more than once. And I want so badly for him to be an upper echelon player in this league. And it makes it so hard to continue to preach about it when this, something that unfortunately seemed really damned predictable, happened last night with him. Now, this isn't anything wise or, or anything along the lines of that, but he's so capable of being an upper yes, echelon player. Yes, that's what's so. 
frustrating. Like, like if he was dominating this postseason, we would get a few headlines. It said, is Bamba top yes. five big in the league? Yes, of course. And that's why it's just, I, I, I hate being like after one quarter, well, time for Ozark. But you knew, you knew it. As soon as the, the, the first eight minutes of this game happened, you knew the path. They weren't coming back. No. It wasn't going to happen. They weren't even going to sniff it. Leo's in Riviera Beach. Leo's on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Leo? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, I'm i just disappointed. I'm so disappointed in the whole team because heat culture, if it's supposed to be heat culture, heat culture just doesn't lay down for one game right. in a seven-game they, series. They laid down, Leo. They laid down after eight minutes last night. And and the frust- and the frustrating thing is like like how you said is that it's like how is it's predictable like it was kind of predictable like you said it yesterday like even if the Heat go out and lose by one fifty <laughs> and I know you were being facetious but that's how it felt last I, night when no, it was twelve to one. No, I'm I, telling you, I Leo, forgot about that. At eighteen to one, I was thinking, oh my god, is I didn't realize they were going to actually make a run at this thing. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. So. So it's just frustrating, and I feel like the I feel like the what's wrong with Bam is like he has all the talent in the world. It's just maybe he's maybe it's between the ears. Maybe something's going on with his confidence and the fact that like maybe he needs to get a, a better boost before the game. But it seems like he plays like a slasher. Yeah, it's okay that he brings the ball up and stuff like that as a point guard. But I mean, get down low. Don't 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 be fading away. Yeah. Go up strong. Yeah. Try to get. Take it to the basket, get fouled, I, draw those fouls, get I, those big men in foul trouble so it'll open up the floor for everybody I, else. I almost feel like the the great performance in game three, and appreciate you, Leo, it 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 gave Bam a little bit of this unfound confidence, like, hey, I can go out and get buckets. I can go out and get the job done. And you you take your foot off the gas a little bit. You lose focus a little bit. And the Celtics. They came out focused, defensively especially. That's the thing. We can talk about how the offense didn't look very urgent or desperate at the onset other than Derek White uh, for the Celtics, but the defense for Boston was suffocating, was absolutely suffocating from the start. And the Heat could not handle it and just, that was it. That was it. Let's head to West Palm. That's where Ron is. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Good, man. Could be better, but good. Uh, you know, it always gets better. So, um, check this out. This is what I want to say. You know, as as difficult as it may be to watch the game sometimes, what we're, what we're witnessing is actually very good coaching being displayed. Because at the end of the day, I know that we dropped two games, but I'm noticing that is really coaching against Ime Adoka. And Ime Adoka is actually turning out to be a really oh, good yeah. coach this year. Yeah. That's not to be disputed. But what I'm noticing, just looking at it from a from a different standpoint or a different perspective, the coaches are playing right now. You come out, you see how you can play this chess match mm-hmm. because this series is what it is. It's a chess match. So if I'm going to give up this round right now, I don't want to give up too many of my players because I'm already suffering. Let me see what I can do to try to figure out a few of their sets because we're going back home. This is a, a seven-game series. You've got seven games to play chess. How can you be mad because right now we lost a, we lost a pawn? It's fine yeah. as long as we get to the chip. Now, if we don't get to the chip, like I said, I'm still witnessing two very good coaches figure things out. On the fly. Uh, this is masterclass in, stuff. I mean, this is unadulterated masterclass stuff, and I think that's a great point, Ron. Thank you. But what, I wanted to point this out. This is why I, I, I really do believe this, is because if you look at the Mavs series, Steve Kerr's running circles around Jason Kidd, and yeah. Jason Kidd can't figure out a way to make his guys show up for the next game. But Spo has. So has Ime Adoka. So this is just... Yo, this is Master Chess. Pay attention. It's, it's going to open up your eyes. Very good series. Very good series. Ron, Have a good day, guys. All right, Ron. Appreciate you. You know, that's a good that's a, a good mentality to take. Absolutely. It's a good mentality to take. And it, it I mean, Ime Odoka is for real. He made adjustments. The Celtics were ready to go with a backup point guard. They, they 
Took that ass. And he seems to always say the right things after the game. Like, he always hits the key points correctly, and he's never talking around circles, but he does mention quarters way too much. Uh, he, well, he, he, I'll never forgive him for starting the trend. He started the trend, and now all the talking heads have adopted it and think that quarters are what anybody in basketball pays attention to uh, when it comes to evaluating what team is good or not. I've never heard discussion about winning quarters in NBA basketball until after game one. And now it's the trendy thing, and we're all dumber for having to hear it. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport, title partner of Ken Levick Alive, and damn it, we appreciate them, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. 22 years they've been doing it. They have been helping to guide the sports executives, the sports professionals of tomorrow, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Oh, Ken, uh, how do I get a job in sports? How can I get into sports? How would I do? Guys, I'm telling you, every day, commit the, the, the website to memory. Write it down. Text it to yourself. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. This is a no-doubter. This is a no-brainer. The internships, the connections you make, the knowledge you gain. You are so well-prepared once you get your MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic that you are so valuable once they see that resume, whether it's with an NFL team, an NBA team, a pro sports team, a college sports program, college athletic department, local sports organization. I'm telling you, this is the way to go. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Take courses online in the fall or take them on campus in Boca Raton. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. What was the most disappointing part of last night's heat blowout loss? What was the most disappointing part of last night's heat blowout defeat? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter's always open, at KLV1063. Also, when we come back, Stone and I, we're just going to have to take our beating. He's Stone Levano. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. When I was a kid and Greg and Joyce would, uh, would be upset with me, it was always, it always hurt more. It always stung more painfully when they were disappointed as opposed to angry, as I, opposed to mad. I hear that. Like you can you can get yelled at, and you can be you know it, it could be Ken, take the damn garbage out, mow the lawn. I told you to do it on Thursday. Now it's Saturday. Cut the grass. You know stuff like that, and fine, you do it, whatever. But when it, you you came home and 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 your mom is like, hey. A C in this class? You're better than that. I'm really disappointed in you. That hurt more. Yeah, when you're going to be rebellious and, and do something wrong, I would always tell myself, oh, she's going to be so mad. But, but that you can live with. I'd rather have someone mad at me as opposed to disappointed in me. Yeah, I would do stuff knowing somebody's going to be mad, but yeah. you can live with that or you yeah. can fix that. But yeah. the disappointment hits, hits different. And the disappointment, there's not much you can do to fix that until right. that person's ready to not be disappointed. Yeah, you got to earn it back. Any longer. And that's how I feel about the Heat. I, I'm not mad at the Heat. I can't be mad. They, they, they won a game in Boston. They took game three. But I'm disappointed in them because they were the antithesis of Heat culture last night. They did not show up. And I never in my wildest dreams would have thought with a chance to go up 3-1 in a series, that that would happen. I Ever. would I would pay to hear or have the audio of the UD heart-to-heart speech he gave him this morning. Did you see him with his head in his hands? I mean, that yes. was depressed UD was yes. jarring. I think his hair was coming out that at, was at one point. Jarring. Like, he was pulling his hair and he was sighing. The score was like 29-6 to six or whatever it was. I think we ended up with 11 in the first yeah. quarter, but he was so sad. Oof, boy. He was in timeouts, too. He was talking more than Spo at, at certain points of the game. 
Uh, it, it, t- tomorrow's the season. Tomorrow's yeah. the season, right? Yeah, teams who win Game 5 in a best-of-seven series in history win that series 82% of the time. And we're at home. And what are we? 7-1, and 8-1 one, and one at home. And it's time to bounce back after that embarrassment that was Game 2. No doubt. I mean, it's, it's, it's message send time. Because today the trolls are out. We knew they'd be out. And the trolls come to populate and uh, come to copulate when the Heat put out a performance like they did yesterday. Uh, what's your most disappointing part of last night's Heat blowout loss? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Well, like we said, uh, Stone and I, we can fight and fight and fight as, as much as we want with uh, – with uh, the worldwide leader, uh, with uh, the the national voices at ESPN. But after a loss like last night for the Heat, sometimes you just got to put the ego aside, right, Stone? And you just got to own it. You just got to eat it. Your team, our team, the Heat, laid an egg. In fact, they would have laid an egg if they got off the bus. There's probably a big old fat egg laying in the back of the bus right now, leaving TD Garden Arena. Um, but... We're going to debut a new segment here on Ken Levick Alive. It's called Ken and Stone Take Their Beating. And I was, I was told, Stone, I was told that the, the production crew here at ESPN 106.3, oh, they promised me that this was their best work, that they were atoning for fish, fish, your fish. They promised me that this was a big-time open with a lot of production value, okay? So here is Ken and Stone Take their beating. <laughs> this sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> and then crying. Audio number one. Well, that I present to you, Ken. I hate those people in production. All right, who's 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 the first one? Jay Will. This morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max talking about the Heat's performance last night. Bring it, Jay. It's one of the historically poorest performance from starters that I've ever seen in an NBA playoff game. Jesus. Ever in the history of the playoffs. I'm watching the playoffs since 89 when I was eight years old. I'm sure if you want to go back, you can find worse losses. But in the first half, the starters combined for 12 points. Derek White almost outscored the starters for the Miami Heat in the first half. They combined for 18 throughout the course of the game, right? 18. Two starters had donuts, Key. So when you're just looking at this, 11 points in the first quarter is the fewest in franchise history. When I tell you all the records that were broken last night for the Miami Heat in the opposite direction of a poor performance, it was embarrassing last night. This game last night was a straight smackdown. So shout out to M.A. Udoka. Shout out to the Boston Celtics. The, the worst starting five playoff performance, perhaps in NBA history, says Jay Will. They scored 11 points in the first quarter. I can fight it. I don't have the energy because the Heat did nothing to help me. I, I got to say, Jay Will, I don't have much ammo against it. Yeah, that one hit us in the teeth, and we're stumbling <laughs> around. But, you know, we haven't hit the deck yet. Here's right. Stephen A. Smith oh boy. giving it to us as well. Pathetic and moribund and absolutely god-awful. Uh, I guess you could give defense to, uh, the boss's defense credit for that. But there is no excuse whatsoever for a number one seed in a conference, a team that won 53 games this year, a team that is vying for a championship and in the Eastern Conference Finals. Five starters have no excuse for combining for 18 points in a 48-minute game. That is beyond pathetic. It's one of those things where they should literally seek permission to get back to South Beach for crying out loud. They shouldn't even be allowed being that damn awful. Well, Stephen A. will dictate whether or not the Heat are allowed back in South Florida, and they are. While you visit South Beach and have been pining for a trip to South Beach for the NBA Finals for reasons I don't understand because it's 177 degrees down here will be the arbiters of that. That said, pathetic, yeah, 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 yeah. 18 points from the five starters, pretty pathetic. And Stephen A., I can't argue with that. So we've officially hit the mat, and here comes Big Perk with the (laughs) knockout punch. (laughs) Here we go, the flying elbow from Perk. Pathetic. And I I say pathetic because... That half-court offense is just so horrible. 
right? If like if the Miami Heat not turning turning you over and getting out in transition and getting deflections and things to that nature, they do not get easy baskets. The Celtics shot thirty nine percent from the field, twenty three percent from three. Jalen Brown was five for twenty, mm. and the Celtics won by twenty points last night. That should tell you how bad offensively the Miami Heat are, and they have for sets. And so the Celtics, they took care of the basketball. They took they took care of the rebounding. And all of a sudden, when you take away the, those things where the Miami Heat can't jump up the game, they're going to struggle offensively. Now, I know that, that someone talking about offense, like Kendrick Perkins, offensive maestro <laughs> in his career, holds a lot of weight. Um, but he's not wrong. I mean, the half court, they were terrible last night. Absolutely terrible last night. Almost scary. Back. Which leads you to believe that maybe, just maybe, the Heat need to, tomorrow night, make a concerted effort like they did third quarter, game one. Just get out and run. Get out and run. If the body's allowed, if P.J. Tucker's uh, knee allows it, if Jimmy's knee allows it, if Tyler Hero's groin allows it, you got to push. If, if Kyle Lowry's hamstring allows it, you got to push the tempo a bit. You have to. Because in the half court, it's just stagnant. It's stagnant, bad stuff. And, and they're looking for people. And that leads us to our last audio, right? So we're probably knocked out. We're doozy. Now it's time to pin us. Here comes Chris Carlin. Oh, God. We're taking the three count from him. <laughs> Their main problem is relying on somebody else to really pick up a lot of the slack and help him out. Uh, I was glad to see, Amber, that, that Bam Adebayo uh, found out the series started. And joined us in game three. Uh, <laughs> you have to see more production outside of Butler. And Adebayo the other night was terrific. He's got to do something similar. I I ultimately just don't know that the Heat have enough in terms of scoring ability to get over the hump in this kind of series. That's the primary reason why I picked against him. None of those things are completely unfair. The condescending comment about Bam Adebayo... Uh, a little bit cheap, but everything else, I mean, it's not its not wildly unfair. To be fair to Chris Carlin, it's not unfair what he just said. We took our beating. We took the, we took the pin. We took the three count, and we are, we are taking an L. That's fine. I'll take the L. I'll take the L. I'm not, I'm not too big for that. Uh, New York Nick in Brooklyn here on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, New York Nick? Yeah, yeah, coming off the top rope on you, Kenny Lavica. Coming off the top rope. Let's talk about those Miami Heat guys. <laughs> All right, that that performance that performance was feeble. Let's add that to the mix. Mm-hmm. Woeful. We could add that to the mix, right? Let's go. Let's go miserable. But Kenny Lavica, let's talk a little <laughs> Heat basketball. You're the, you're Mister Miami Heat, right? <laughs> So we're talking, we're talking 16 quarters of basketball, <laughs> manly basketball. And we're talking nine quarters that have been won by the Boston Celtics. Four other quarters that ended in ties. Uh-huh. Now you're going to tell me 13 out of 16 quarters go to these Celtics, right? Uh-huh. And now you tell me, Kenny Lavica, in the history of the playoffs, how many teams have ever come back from that kind of a beat down? Let's go, New York Knicks, 2024. <laughs> Appreciate that, and I think I'm having a fever dream. He's still in the band it's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. We've been talking about what disappointed you most about the Heat blowout loss last night. And again, keep it in mind, the Heat are just fine. They're just fine. That loss sucked. It was non-competitive, but they're fine. But ask it on social media. What disappointed you most last night about the Heat's performance? Billy Perez tweets their start to the game. Nick Scott on Twitter, at KLV1063. Scott Foster, Game 4 MVP, two games in a row with a ridiculous free throw disparity. That's fair. About the free throw disparity and the frustrations, free throw disparity had nothing to do with last night. 
Game three was significantly more egregious, and Scott Foster had nothing to do with that. But the Heat, it is clear they're going to have to overcome the fact that the officials don't respect the contact they're taking. Okay? They're not going to get calls. Game three was atrocious. Last night, yeah, it might have been bad, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That's where I'm with it. A lot of the no calls was like, hey, let's get this thing over with. Yeah. Hey, let's get out of here so we don't have to sit here forever. You you guys are down 32. Just just take your layup. Uh, Cody Rogers, some of the shot selection in that opening quarter was awful. Even after the Celtics started to go on a run, it didn't improve. My biggest thing is that there were some high percentage shots, though, in that opening quarter. And the Heat looked uncomfortable. I mean, flat out uncomfortable. And I don't think it was all the Celtics' defensive doing. The Celtics were really good defensively from the jump last night. But the Heat just looked overwhelmed. Like Almost like the moment was, was too much. Like, hey, we got the job done in Game 3, and they weren't ready to try and grab that opportunity to go up 3-1. There wasn't a lot of killer instinct there. And I know that I'm getting into blame sports terms, killer instinct, things like that. But there just didn't look like to, there was a lot of interest in, in trying to grab the game. Right. I don't think a moment was too big. I don't think the interest was there. Like, but how? How is that possible? How is that possible is a great question. But I, they just didn't look interested. Jayco tweets at KLV 106.3. Getting stopped 60-39 to 39 on the board, shooting 24 less free throws, speaks to the lack of aggressiveness. Boom. Yes. That's well said. Extremely well said. Miami Sports Network. Let's be honest for a moment. We've had two games where we raced out big, but then they came back and made it interesting. Two games where they raced out big, and we just never came back from it. Game two, I'll give you that. Game three, you got to excuse the Celtics coming back because, again, quick 10-0 spurt to cut it to 15 going into the locker room. Could the Heat have prevented that? Yes. But if it wasn't for the 10-0 run and then compounded by Jimmy Butler not coming out for the second half, that game's never in doubt, never in danger. So I think you got to use a little bit of context when we, when we discuss that. Uh, Austin says all five starters were the most disappointing last night. How did Stephen A. put it? Pathetic? Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's not all that wrong. Baptist Health Orthopedic Camera is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Uh, when we return, we'll continue talking heat. I want to discuss Tim Anderson versus Josh Donaldson and the Yankees, and we debut Ask Steve, where Good Karma Brands president, family man, youth coach, and all-around success story, Steve Politziner joins us each week to bestow wisdom upon you. All that to come in our number two. He's Stone LeBanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.